reporting live from the route of the normies. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, folks. Just when you thought we were dead and gone. We're gone, but we're not dead. We can go this way. This is the year of the moon, baby. <laughs> it is. Taking it to the top. We'll figure it out. I was like, should we make this part of this episode just talking about what it's going to be? But then there'd be so many trade secrets out <laughs> well, there. I considered that. Maybe we could do like an episode zero. I'll be down. And then like hit cut and then just do an episode one. Sounds good. Because I'm sure we have a lot of things to talk about that are very in the reeds. For sure. But we also got to talk about all the normies are just in the mud these days. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even know it. No, they got no they're just watching Disney Plus while the world uh, keeps moving. Now, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And people are telling me about shit on Disney Plus, and like, <laughs> you gotta get, you, you got Crave, you got Hulu. I was like, I don't have any of that shit. I have my own brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking centuries of entertainment in there already. Yeah, you gotta tap in. You do, you really do, but that's the problem. Everyone's looking to tap out. Yeah, I, uh, I broke through the weed barrier with dreams. Okay. Oh, because usually you, you can't really dream when you're stoned, right? Yeah, usually with every strain, it's like it takes a while to to get there, and you never quite know if you're going to have dreams. Okay. This one has been fairly consistent, but I was finally able to have uh, consecutive nights with lucid dreams. Nice. Yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> A weed-fueled lucid dream, that's, that's almost like too much. <laughs> it, it is a lot. I started taking a supplement called glycine before bed. Oh, yeah. And it gives you a restful sleep. But sometimes it's like I am awake. I'm asleep, but my brain is thinking shit. So it's increased my productivity. Oh, okay. So you're just like, just in like a rested state and just like grinding through ideas and yeah. shit. It's wild. Yeah, it can be handy. You should try uh, choline. Choline? Yeah, if you okay. eat eggs. Oh, yeah. Eat a lot of eggs. Yeah, you just have like a, a six or 12 day, a 12 egg day. And then you're just kind of guaranteed to have a lot of dreams. Interesting. I can never bring myself to go past six eggs a day. Yeah, it's hard to do. There's something about it. It's a lot of eggs. <laughs> yeah. But at six grams of protein a pop. Yeah, they're very efficient. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had a dream I was in the metaverse. <laughs> and that was crazy. That was no dream, Carbon. <laughs> it was like stopping time and like considering all the like for like you're in virtual reality but you still have access to all of your files, potentially all of your memories at the same time. So it just like bridges that gap between like device things and long-term memory. Right. But then like memories started to become real. Damn. And they were also in a narrative. It's very weird. Yeah, well, it could get out of hand. The metaverse will surely get out of hand. Oh yeah. I guess that's the whole point. Because it is out of hand. There's that Russian movie that they remade with George Clooney called Solaris. 
where they, okay. this astronaut goes to a planet and the planet can read your mind and then it sends back, uh, not carbon-based, but neutrino, they call it, based physic like physicalizations of your memory. So it just keeps sending his dead wife back to him in uh. a spaceship. <laughs> it's like, that's what's going to happen in the metaverse. Yeah. It's like 70s Russian art films where the guy's just brooding for three hours. <laughs> Why? Why? He's <laughs> <laughs> reliving the worst moments. Exactly. Is it in yet? Is it in yet? Is it in yet? <laughs> I need one face cloth. <laughs> So do you have any uh, expectations or desires for this new moon that we're uh, embarking on in 2022? No, yeah, I really feel like a weight was lifted off me when I got to 100 episodes of the other podcast. Yeah. And now I just want to see what I, I thought that every, the thought I had was every urge and every impulse needs an outlet. Okay. So I really want to find what the moon cast can relieve me of. All right. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. You. Uh, well, I guess I just want to work more on shortening the uh, the time it takes to uh, react to something online okay. and to turn it into a joke. Right. Speeding up the the sort of uh, refractory period of, of like getting hit with the thing. Yeah, because it's usually I'm laughing by the time I see it. I just know everything's a joke. But right. In order to like communicate it to people, I can't just be laughing about horrific things I've read, right? And just assuming that uh, other people get the joke. It's an eternal like Joker at the mic stand pose for the rest of my life. Right, that's right. That's interesting. I guess that's almost like a physical thing, like a brain functioning thing. Yeah. It's related to my podcast. Okay. Um, but, uh, like, I achieved, I achieved that with my podcast, just with writing music and stuff, but right. kind of need the references to be in a good place, so I need those to crank out at a good rate. Yeah, man, you got to keep it... You, you do have to keep it rolling. Yeah. But I think your podcast really is foundational in how you just challenge yourself to, like, create on the fly. Yeah. It was an interesting experiment. Are you still doing it regularly? I haven't done it since, like, September. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. By choice or just by, like, fuck it? Uh, it was by choice. I took a break because I was just repeating myself. Right. I didn't know what I was doing it for. I had more material than I ever thought I'd be able to get together. I thought I'd be playing more of my already written stuff, but right. got into a pattern. So I just stepped away to actually figure out what I'm doing. Now I have a better idea of it, so I'll start it back up when I feel like it. Right on. That's how I felt when I do those solo episodes. It's like 
It didn't take very many of them to just get everything out there. Yeah. And to like almost catch up with myself. It's like I the last one was a struggle because I'm like, I've said all this already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm at I'm in a place where I kinda need to change external environments. Right. Um the seasonality of the city isn't exactly working for me anymore either. Mm. Kinda got that that all out too. Yeah, I guess that's probably a bigger factor than we wanna admit. Yeah, I'm just coming around to the realization that I just need to grow up and start using people like everybody else does. <laughs> Why don't you grow up? <laughs> Why don't you start having meaningless casual sex already? <laughs> Why don't you piss on the toilet seat at work out of spite? There are people that do that. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I had a guy completely lose his mind in a road rage incident on me a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and then he literally drove about 10 seconds up the road and parked, and I was like, you live right there? <laughs> you just did what you did to me? <laughs> I was like, I am the bigger person, but, like, I really want to smash that guy's fucking window one night. Yeah. What was the context? <laughs> you just have to piss or something? <laughs> he must have. I don't know. I... It was all. It was my fault. I stopped at the stop line at a red light, and then yeah. I started inching to make the right turn. Right. But I inched in front of a service road. Oh, okay. And of course, he's coming off wanting to get onto that service road. Oh, okay. So I, I, I threw up my hands, disappointed in myself. Yeah. Truly, I was like, ah, fuck. He thinks I'm mad at him. This middle finger up. Fuck you. Listen, that. I'm like, go, 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 go. Just middle finger up. It was tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy's driving around with that inside him. Yeah. He's just looking for a reason. And politely going through Tim Horton's drive throughs <laughs> I want to vent a little bit of it over the course of the day. <laughs> what could pet? What could possibly need to be vented? I guess that's what I need to figure out. Because all these people are so pissed off and so troubled about their lives. Yeah, it's because they may. Well, what I don't know. There's a million ways to say it, but they just they never integrated the shadow. Isn't that the Jungian thing? Yeah, I guess. But is there <laughs> is there shadow just their desire to be on a couch doing nothing? I don't know, like, in that moment, I could have been his dad, I could have been his fucking brother, I could have been the bully who fingered his ass in high school, like, yeah. I don't know. But I'm quite sure it wasn't me he was mad at. Right. Yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old, but I don't really have any time to be angry at people. Oh, God, no. Especially people I'll never see again. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, maybe it's just sport. You know, like how some people like to go to the hockey game just to fucking yell at the ref. Right. 
That'll just be his story for the week. Right. Yeah, this dumb fucking cocksucker crush is driving the Ford. Cutting <laughs> off fucking wouldn't have it. Did you? <laughs> What'd you say? It's a kid off road. Suck him. Oh, I mean, you know what? Crush on him, don't fart tough. <laughs> could have been. It could be that there's people living in different arenas that you can't even comprehend. Yeah. I'll take him off road and fuck him. I wouldn't show him. <laughs> show him how to fuck? I mean, show him how to... <laughs> oh, fuck. He's just in a never-ending cycle of that. <laughs> totally. And you get in his way. <laughs> totally. No, I think people will just get addicted to the feed. The Wake feed? up. Yeah. Cigarette in the mouth. <laughs> radio on. Right. Coffee in the stomach. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just like, tell me how to think, tell me how to feel. And nicotine and caffeine are like such short, uh, like half-lives or whatever, like short effect. Yeah. starting to scrutinize my relationship to caffeine. Of all the vices, I think that's the one that's uh, the most underrated. Mm. As far as it's like power over a person? Or? Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen people just like just fry all of their nerves at <laughs> 11.01 in the morning after they have their third coffee of the day. <laughs> And they're just an absolute waste until the next morning when they have their first of three in three hours. Yeah, it and takes then that's all. their world. That's their world. It takes a lot out of a person. It would be interesting to see somehow if you could visualize like the productivity of the working world over the 24-hour clock. Yeah, the most shit has to be between 10 and 11 a.m. Yeah, for sure. And everything after lunch is a fucking wash. Yeah. What's he just gut bomb yourself with some fucking cheese and fried potatoes? Yeah, like the combination of uh, like the peristalsis, the speeding up of digestion that the coffee does, and right. the like inflammation of the cheese or of the cream oh. and the sugar. Oh. It's just like I always, not always, but for a long time I've thought of it like almost like a torus structure in our digestive system and our mm -hmm. nerve system are inside, but we're just uh, well, we're just one surface. So okay. the inside is like the compost or whatever. <laughs> okay, sure. If you just fill it up with something, it's just gonna like hit the turbo on the processes. Right, there's, there's gonna be repercussions throughout the whole system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what you're doing. But I, well, it does. I honestly think there's people who are completely disconnected from their body from the from the chin down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it goes into the mouth and then they're not sure why they feel anything that they do. Yeah. It's just a bag of emotions and 
is call the emotions whatever, but really it's just like bloating, <laughs> inflammation, and yeah, just absolutely routing themselves first and foremost. I think that's a. Uh, it's probably why the medical class is taken to prescribing people routine checkups and stuff because some people in their lives are just just on for the ride <laughs> absolutely it's like yeah you should have a professional look at you yeah once a year and just observe yeah once a year they go in a brightly lighted space right <laughs> That's where the dentist has moved me to. I can tell he, he gave me a once over. He's like, you're doing well. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I see the age on you, but you're managing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. This is like, this is the age where people start really declining fast if oh, they're yeah. doing certain things. That I'm at the age that I was that... I guess the majority of the people were when I entered the workforce. Right. And just like seeing the people, like clubbing was novel to me at that time. And right, right. Seeing that those people were still doing that was kind of uh, encouraging, but then I got to know them a little bit better. <laughs> How they just weren't learning that things were catching up to them. No. And there's a total disconnect, I think. In I mean, I don't mean to just like stand up here and preach down on people, but just observing. It's like, come on, you really think that? Like, what is the reason? I think it's thoughtlessness. I don't think there's like any active scrutiny. Yeah, I think which will bring us back to what we intend to do with this podcast. There's something about the the fraudulent meditation that is scrolling Twitter. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think is actually more valuable than any like news editorial department could ever manage. Just because it's it's not it's not the truth. No, it's literally just facts. <laughs> but it's not facts like scientific facts, right? Which are almost the same as like religious rights, like. Uh, halal meats or whatever. For sure. They're blessed by the process. Right. These are just dirty facts. It's just raw. Whatever you experience, you're creating like a landscape for yourself, a mental landscape. Yes. And it's up to you to interpret it. And I found from, uh, especially from taking off all of the, like the recommendations that Twitter does for you. Okay. And just scrolling and just kind of like, like not reading every word. And just like picking what, right, what uh, piques my interest. That I've been able to a lot faster, kind of get through the the vibe of the day. Interesting. You almost be, you're becoming like a better, I don't know, mediator or whatever. Yeah. Choosing what to finding out what's important. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, well, you can quick. Well, that's kind of interesting. Then on the on the path of trying to regurgitate content for jokes or for for people is like if you can wait 
what you're seeing quicker. Yeah. Like what's useful here? Oh, yeah. And that's where the dialectics have really come in handy. Right. I was really bullshitting when I first brought him up. <laughs> it turns out that that was like a perfect way to describe what I was doing with Twitter. Uh, maybe you were bullshitting, but maybe on like a unconscious level you grasped it first. Yeah. Because truly, you kind of had to remind me of it this morning when we were texting, but then it's like, yeah, like those are, those are <laughs> fucking useful. Like, okay, yeah, whining fucking leftist next. Yeah, because I think you just were trained to default to the last person who told us something. Mm. And the last person with authority who told most people something was a teacher. <laughs> but, like, your education doesn't just to get data from people. Right. And the tech oligarchs definitely uh, just <laughs> routed, as you say, <laughs> the psychological establishment. They got all the data on everybody. Yeah, they didn't have to get people in therapy sessions and lie to them to get them to disclose their deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> they just made them a platform so they could spew. And they collected all the information. That really is the monumental finesse of our time. Yeah. Did not, ah, fuck. Do you ever think about like how, how that was plotted? Or do you think it was like the so-called globalists or whoever, big tech, like saw what Facebook could be and just let it happen? Well, most of those tech companies were um, uh, like NASA programs and government programs before they were uh, tech companies. Right. Like Facebook was <coughs> a company that was created by, I forget what, I want to say it was a university. Facebook just, was? Yeah, and then they just renamed it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of the, like, everything that's going into Metaverse, all the technology, would have come from DARPA or NASA or whatever. Right. It's like it was, the, the initial intent was just to fuck the cosmos, but now we're fucking the people. Yeah. Well, they made it to the moon, <laughs> so, right, so to speak. <laughs> now everything else is just turning people into commodities to stay there. So yeah, I do think about it, but I more think about it um, that it's absolutely pointless to have your personal life online. It is. Because you're being a product, and the more you like integrate yourself online, you're just turning yourself into a product. Like, we already are, um, like, tax entities and stuff. Right. Um, and we're just numbers until we get inconvenient, which is whatever. But uh, I think in order to, uh, to have a balanced life and relationship with people, as much of that uh, real personal stuff, interpersonal stuff should be done offline as possible. But I, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. And if it can't happen again, it kind of has to be a Russian model where there needs to be an up or a constant update in language where there's subtext that people understand. Right. And then that becomes the technology of the people. Russia has that? Every place with uh, communism has that. Mm. 
them guy was on my podcast the other night. Well, fucking Canada has that. Well, all the passive aggressive and all that. I see. Aggressiveness I see. and all that stuff. An updating of the language. That's why, well, that's part of the reason that uh, he hasn't said it out right, but that's part of the reason why Jordan Peterson was so on about compelled speech. If the government controls all the speech, then you right. can't have freedom. Right, right, right. So you don't have control over your own language. Right, that was the sticking point. And then so looking back, it was like how easily they just fucking slammed it as being anti-trans and yeah. just moved on. But then, yeah. then the motherfucker's selling books and touring the world, so I don't know. Well, I mean, the prime minister is out here calling the, the unvaxxed, <laughs> like, unclean and saying that they're endangering people. Fuck. That is unbelievable. <laughs> the most unbelievable shit was that winter of severe illness and death from the White House. Yeah. You know, I, just getting back to the prime minister there. Like, that's no different than what, like, Jair Bolsonaro was saying about the native peoples in Brazil and all that stuff. And all of this is under the, the guise of this, this magical science that everybody's following. <laughs> but now you see that we have an elite class that has their own language and nobody else gets it. Mainly because we've been distanced from each other. So we can't whisper anymore. Mm -hmm. That's an inconvenience that nobody, I think, uh, thought of. Mm. Yeah, I think that was all by design. The lockdown and the fucking isolation. Yeah, for sure. Put everybody on the grid. Right, all the communications had to be online, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Can only imagine what kind of depraved data they were able to mine from a year or two of sad, drunk Zoom Christmas parties, sad, drunk Zoom baby showers. Yeah, well, the thing about AI is they don't need to have people sorting through all that anymore. No. No. You can do it yourself. You can have an AI transcribe your speech. You can have an AI um, assess your personality based on the transcription. And you can mail it to the federal government if you like. <laughs> Speaking of, have you found a reliable transcription? Yeah, apparently Otter works. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that, I think, is probably the move, is to at least start transcribing the podcast, even for readability, so we can find the, the moments. I've been ready to do it for about six months. Okay. I'm paying for the accounts. Okay. You just need to send me the audio when I ask for it. Okay. It seems to be every fifth episode. Well, this is it. This is, this is the first one that I'm just gonna fucking bung the raw audio onto wherever, Google Drive. Okay. And we can both do what we want with it. Yeah. I don't mind, I mean, for the, for the full whole episode, I still don't mind cutting that and posting it. Unless, like, I, like, I don't know, we have to decide how we're gonna divide the, the labor, I guess. Yeah, right, that's fine. We'll figure it out. But like, as I said, I have AI tools, they can remove all the noise. Okay. That's pretty sick. Doesn't take much effort to do that. Um, My I have, I have the, um, the audio subscription so I can get it transcribed and we can figure things out. All right. My one thing is just, well, yeah, I'm sure it'll be no problem, but just like regular posting, like of the episode. Right. 
and whatever we do, sub the episode, like clip it or fucking build a receipt matrix, can still be ongoing. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm not anti-establishment. I For think sure. the normies need to have their establishment, so I don't really <laughs> feel the need to go establishment routes and, like, right. be disappointed if I don't get attention from oh, okay. people I'm supposed to get attention from. If no. this thing doesn't... Uh, doesn't continue yielding insights that make my life easier than mm. out. Right. I don't no, really care. Fair. We'll do something else. No, it's, I don't, for this, I have no fucking desire of external metrics. Right. Or whatever you want to say. But yeah, it has to be personally useful. I just, part of that to me is the accountability of keeping it going, like creating and regularly. Right. Finishing a thing and putting it out there. Yeah, that should be no problem. If you want to do the thing where we split it and uh, do it, post it weekly, that'll be fine. I like that. And the the moon makes our schedule. It's pretty great. So that's fine. Um, Yeah, I can figure out some kind of a social media account. I really don't... Twitter sucks for posting. (laughs) Yes. There's no, like... Either you're like shadow banned completely and you're just screaming into the void, oh, yeah. or you're just in the public and talking to absolutely everybody. <laughs> and will like automatically have you following your neighbor or whatever. Right. Yeah. And that's not what I want either. Not at all. No. Yeah, I don't know. Is Twitter the fucking answer for this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There's no real solution for for audio. Right. But... <clears throat> do you have a means? Like, it's probably the most simple fucking thing, but, like, to, if you were to dump these two tracks, what's the plug-in or what's the thing that would just look at it and bring, like, you like, all the peaks... It's just like it's a limiter. A limiter does it do the bottom end too? Like nothing falls below. Uh, yeah. I just don't have the desire. Yeah, I have an AI limiter. It'll just do it, and it has settings based on broadcast standards. Okay. For the different platforms. Nice. Yeah, the only thing is already the zoom is turned off once, so I'm gonna have to re-record. Oh, really? First <laughs> 25 minutes, probably. That is an issue. It seems to be. I don't know. Maybe in extreme days we can just walk around West Edmonton Mall or something. Look <laughs> like real dinks. Okay. <laughs> totally. I don't know. They might get those earpieces. <laughs> Yeah, I'll look into a WordPress site. Okay. I just need something that can be uh, almost like a stacked journal. So just every day Mm. is the same day of each year. Mm. You can just see everything that happened the year before on the same day on the same page. I'm sure that's possible. 
Is Word, yeah, I guess WordPress is, because WordPress is a blog. Yeah. At its roots. Yeah. Yeah, and I literally just put the, te- the text on there and then have like an embedded uh, Twitter account. And then probably like the RSS right. link and the uh, probably a YouTube of the current episode and then that's it. Yeah, it's it's simple. The, the the episode is the fucking content. Yeah. It is exciting to think about what cuz still I don't know what the visual component of this is, but to think about how the receipts would figure in or like yeah, if we could somehow sync up the lunar scale like the lunar fucking cycle to the receipts. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I can't make it work within the current confines of how the internet works. So I've only been thinking about it. Can you imagine getting run over by a fucking Volkswagen Beetle? <laughs> <laughs> they should have just gone. I should have. Um, Put some balls into her, Mr. Lady. Uh. Yeah, so, like, the idea of talking about separate social media accounts and WordPress blogs and all that stuff seems very primitive, but hmm, I'm forcing myself to imagine that um, this is, like, a structural version of, like, one of the dialectics where right. you have what was there before and you're making the connections yourself, but only between content you're consuming. Right. So, yeah, okay. In a sense, it's simple, but it's up to us to complicate it, if you will. Yeah, we just need to create some kind of algorithm, right? So, like, a snippet from the podcast um, would be, like, reworded into a reply to something that's on Twitter, for example. And the reply would be posted on the website. The website would have a link to the queue in the episode. Okay. Yes. And then the queue in the episode, or one of those components would have something connected to how that that queue has been, like, repeated over time. So it can build, like, a, a meta, yeah. like, philosophical construct. I don't know what platform that would exist on, though. Well, it won't be on one. It's just not possible. So, yeah, I guess not. The only thing is, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but in any kind of, in the case of any kind of audience, it's like you can't ask them to synthesize anything. It has to be all there, or at least clickable with a hyperlink. Yeah, which is perfect. All right, all right. Like, I'm talking about posting the full episode on two sites, creating maybe six or seven hyperlinks. Right. Linking maybe a week's worth of, uh, um, like, text references. Right. And just doing that for each half episode, I guess. Right. 
I did some initial Googling and there is ways to export your iMessage into a PDF. Oh, is there? So I, that is something I would be able to look into. I saw that you can also email it, I think. Okay. And I also saw that you can email to RSS. You can email the iMessage content. Uh, yeah. To RSS. Uh, no, you can you can email to email and you can email to RSS. Gotcha. I'm not sure about the link between those two things. Okay. The cool thing about RSS podcast hosting is it's pretty green still, like it's pretty new. So even in the year that I've been with them, they've improved a lot. Oh yeah. Like it, it used to be shit. Like you couldn't even put a link into the podcast show notes. Oh, okay. You emailed them and they're like, oh, we're developing that. And then one day it was just there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure what the content is that will come out of the Mooncast, but I know it's a it's a deep well, potentially. Well, it is. The amount of labor that we put into fucking combing Twitter and curating references. Yeah. And then trying to apply it to when we talk to each other in person. Yeah. I guess the key is not to have too much of an end game in mind beyond the process. We just want to simplify or streamline or make the process efficient. Yeah, because most of the receipts that came out of the podcast um, onto the timeline right. weren't things that we had planned to talk about before. They just kind of came up. No. I feel like the shift really came in this, like the corn moon. Like September, October, November, December was all just fucking wild. Yeah, it was. Everything before that was just, I'm not even really sure what we were talking about. I think we were also very consistent from about September. I don't think we missed one after the first time we came here. Yeah. Yeah, we got on the run. Yeah, man, I'm easygoing. I'm I'm literally doing this anyways. All the, right, all the right. Twitter scrolling and right. texting and all that stuff. So you, right, you might as well make it a... I don't know what it is, man. It's just, that's like I said, it's like... I have the urge to distill so much of what I'm seeing. I, I like, there's no, you don't have to justify. It. It's like we're gonna do it. Yeah. Well, for me, it's a fork because mm. it's already a part of my writing process. So, okay. If you can get something creative out of it, then I think it's highly valuable. Right. As Jordan Peterson said, the mean is zero in terms of artistic output. As in the average person is not expressing? Well, the mean person, so. 
the most amount of people, right, the most amount of people, the masses have zero creative outputs in their entire life. <laughs> Every so often he'll come up with a nugget. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. And uh, like I did the survey that he was citing when he said that. Okay. The questions are like, have you ever drawn a picture um, without using a reference? Have you created a dance? Huh. Have you been published? There's like levels of it. Interesting. So the mean is zero. So like <laughs> there are people oh, who have never crazy. like written or like come up with a, a jingle by themselves. It's just all just taking things in and repeating it if they even are doing that. Man, that is that is actually stunning. Yeah, so all the people who have the capacity to do that, maybe they shouldn't be getting screwed over by production companies and all that stuff. Because oh, wow. there's more than enough people who can be customers for it. That's wild. Dude, I have been thinking about that. Like, <laughs> listening to Tate on the Tom Segura show there when he's like, they're like, how do you make your money? He's like, well, I own a bunch of casinos. It's like when you really boil it down, it's like you have to find the way to just harvest the fucking masses. Yeah. Casinos is a pretty good one. You also gotta find the place you can do it. Fewer and fewer of those now. Right. Hopefully the metaverse opens it up so there's more, uh, more room for content creation. Like they gotta fill all that vacuum of uh, virtual space. Infinite virtual space. Well, I say infinite. I suppose it's it's it depends on server cost and server. Yeah, they're gonna turn it into the new rent. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you have to lease meta space. Oh, you would think. God damn! I wonder. <laughs> as soon as I can invest. In the company that fucking leases metaverse real estate. <laughs> Metastate. You think you own it. <laughs> you think you're good. <laughs> you think you own it. That meme that you showed me on, on was it Posobiec or whoever posted it, where it's like those six, eight conspiracies that have been debunked? Yeah. That just washed over me, because all that I already knew. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, man, how many people do you think would see that and just get mad and start yelling at you? Yeah, they have no idea. And all those have like verifiable proof from every, anybody, sorry, any source you could think of. There's corrections in the MSM. There's Alex Jones talking about it and everything in between. Let's just bring that up and, and recite that list because. And the thing is, every hilarious. year is like that. Right. Every single year. And people don't pay attention. People are just at the fucking pizza restaurant, honestly. Yeah. 
Also, this Trump video is so fucking good. <laughs> Apparently that... Uh, You'll get your turn, Jim. Don't worry. That conference is like 70 minutes long or something. I want to see the whole thing. Just doing an absolute hour off spitting off the dome. Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly one of the best things I've ever seen in terms of speeches or uh, press engagements. What? Right. It changed my perspective on politics completely. Yeah, what it could be. That one's right up there with the one he went off to fucking cough and just start talking about the military industrial complex. Yeah. They want war. <laughs> I tried to bring them home, they want war. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> How many is it? Eight? Hunter Biden laptop was real, not Russian disinformation. Yeah. <laughs> The CIA manufactured the Russian bounty story. The FBI infiltrated and, uh, and led the Governor Whitmer kidnap plot. Oh, yeah. But the CIA also infiltrated the fucking January 6th thing, did you know? Yeah, that's on there. The lab leak theory is now the most likely pandemic origin story. Duh. Now. Now it is. <laughs> yeah. Trump supporters did not kill anyone at the Capitol. Yep. It's, it's true, folks. Everybody's saying it. Hillary's campaign manufactured the Russia collusion story. Absolute demonic people. Kyle Rittenhouse acted in pure self-defense. Remember you... Remember... I think we, we both saw the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting video on Twitter like the night it happened. Yeah. I was like, these guys fucked around and found out. Oh, yeah, for sure. That guy's swinging the skateboard and just gets blasted. Yeah. God. The shots don't, pretend, don't prevent infection or transmission. Even the most normie, normie boomers would admit that. No, they wouldn't. You don't think? No. That's fucking wild. Oh, yeah, you did send me that one crayon eater meme or whatever. Reddit post. Yeah. My vaccinated mother is sick because you didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, these people are allowed to drive, they vote, and they buy. A lot of them are like married to spouses who like don't know what they're doing online. <laughs> Certainly, Just disclosing their mental illnesses. We're disclosing their spouse's mental illnesses. <laughs> the amount of things I've learned about hubbies that the people I work with. Oh, that's great. Just divorceable <laughs> offenses. Sometimes he just yells. <laughs> no, it's far more emasculating. Oh, than really? That. Oh, yeah. okay. I got you. Not even the good kind of mental illness. It is funny the reverence with which some women say my husband, and then it's like followed by like, I bought his clothes for him at Winners. Yeah. Well, I was shopping for my husband. I got him three shirts. It's like, well, what was he doing? <laughs> my husband. Also, this is pathetic, the snow clearing on the sidewalk. I mean, you can say a lot of things about the snow clearing in this city, period. 
<laughs> I went a bit sideways driving past the legislature. Like, of all places in the city, at least have that sanded properly. <laughs> That's also not the place to be going sideways either. Yeah. Just Princess Diana myself. <laughs> Just Dodie Elfayad yourself. Just <laughs> <laughs> get daily mirrored into the wall. <laughs> For sure. I seem to remember Stavros saying R.I.P. to Dodi Al-Fayad, the pussy getting savage. <laughs> <laughs> the hard dick pussy getting savage. Yeah, it's like everybody bitched about that pink stuff that they were using to, to deal with the ice, and so now they just don't do anything. Yeah. I had to drive to Fort Saskatchewan yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, chances of me getting there are good, but they're not 100. Yeah, the east side of the city is like, it's different. It's a different place completely in terms of infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. This is a fucking skating rink. So yeah, like that uh, that picture that you just read out, right, right. that all like started with like the pandemic was already going on and all the election stuff was going on. But like, this year or last year, I guess, started with January 6th and there was very clearly two perspectives on that. Right. There was the news cycle perspective on it and then the rest of the world's perspective on it. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. I, was that not the first mooncast was right after January 6th? Yeah, because we did it on like the 11th or the 13th or something. Right. If you couldn't tell that fucking guy in the horned buffalo hat was an actor, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and it turns out there's even more actors in there than yeah. anybody could well, imagine. Exactly. Absolute intelligence operative. He's up in, up in the fucking, like, press gallows just directing people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. It is hilarious that, like, how many people died at that thing? Three? Yeah. The one girl got shot. After, like, ample warning. Yeah, the um, police officer had, I think, a heart attack or something, or a stroke. Right. And then died a day later. Apparently there was like a tunnel where <laughs> there was maybe only one camera in there and they had, the footage is sealed and I guess the cops just went mask off on all the people who uh, got into there. There was just like atrocities happening. Oh shit. And the woman died there as well. Oh. But they won't release the footage of that area. Because the cops didn't do anything anywhere else. There's no footage of them really fighting at most. It was self-defense stuff. So. And what was up with those those guards just opening up the, like, pulling the barricades away and letting people in? Yeah. It was all, like, perfectly timed. The guy that Darren Beatty's talking about, Ray Epps or whatever, mm. he was out there, like, two days before telling everybody to go to the Capitol and get into the Capitol. Oh, right. They are, like, guy. screaming fed at him. Was, it, was that guy? Who was that guy? And then he's there day of. 
he a governor? Or no, he's like a attorney general somewhere. Ray Epps? No, he's just a guy. Oh, he's just a guy. <laughs> You're all very special people. We love you. Go home. Just an absolute epitaph from Trump at the end. Of it. <laughs> like I knew, I knew something was gonna. Like I was all in on the war room at that time and everything, right. and they were talking about how Mike Pence needs to kick it out to the states to the side and all that stuff, and that they need the floor of the of the house to lay out all of the uh, information about the uh, inconsistencies of the election and all that stuff, and then the riot happens, and it's like, well, there goes the conservative uh, <laughs> like way to legitimize this. Uh, this idea that the election was stolen, that's oh, yeah. all screwed. And then the CNN just runs with, well, they're mad that the that the election was stolen, so they so they went into the, the Capitol uh, building to kill all the, the politicians and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out that it was all feds. <laughs> so it just, none of it makes sense. And I knew it was gonna happen at some point because the whole uh, Trump said they're racist and they're, uh, or, sorry, they're rapists and they're criminals. Like, that was misquoted so horribly. I know people kept saying he incited. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't, don't, I don't hear it. No. But that doesn't matter, ultimately. No. Which? The news is fake. Which is part of the reason this podcast is great. At no point will I pull out notes so I can quote somebody directly. Okay. <laughs> um, I've misquoted things and misattributed so many things on this podcast and so many of them have just like come out as receipts later on i know that's the wild shit when you're as one of our favorite one of my well whatever as somebody may say you're just a man of gravity <laughs> it's like you're just pulling it the moon is pulling towards you i think it can pull towards anybody mm -hmm. oh yeah you just gotta tap in. I'm sure you've had those moments on the timeline where you scroll and it's just like everything you just you just thought is in front of you. It, it's, I mean, it's good. It's nice on the ego for one thing, but it's also like somehow relieving because like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying right before that? Oh, yeah, you don't pull out, you don't quote. Yeah, this is right. absolutely not a fact-based podcast. No, that's exactly right. What we're we're going to have to label it as entertainment or something because... Oh, for sure. We'll end up with a psych assessment <laughs> <laughs> if we try to call this fact. Right. Well, we but, have to put a disclaimer at some point. Well, I'll just say it right now. It's like it's up to you, the listener, if you are listening. Like, That's the... I'm perfectly willing to call this an art podcast because right. the ends are supposed to be artful right. in the end. Right. Exactly. And I can say whatever the fuck. Exactly right. And, and then we can post receipts and be right. <laughs> right. It's fucking the, the cherry on top. Yeah. That's why I get so viscerally mad when I see that Tim Caulfield guy tweeting. <laughs> because it's like, you're so paternal that you think that you require someone like you to tell me what to think. Yeah. 
and it's like, well, everything Dr. Malone says is demonstrably false. It's like, well, then demonstrate it, but you never do. Yeah. Because you just fucking make it personal. And then you use a hashtag like science up first. <laughs> science up. Up, all right. Me up first. Yeah, exactly. I mean me, I. <laughs> square glasses wearing ass. Somehow, I don't doubt that he was the pre monocta doctor at every <laughs> clinic he worked at. 100%. I don't even think he's a doctor, he's a fucking professor. No, oh, is he? Oh, like, there you go. Of like medical ethics or something. Pre monocta professor. All right. Exactly. Private ethics classes. <laughs> I'll show you how to act nice. He said. <laughs> The, the biggest tell is when they, when they refuse to, like there's no, he's not demonstrating that something is false. He's just saying that it's false. Yeah. Like that one, ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. Well, it I means nothing. I only get the moon cast in these people's uh, replies. I have to. Because there's no way, first of all, I think we can do it without getting like shadow banned. Okay. Um, and I think we can just confuse people. To the point of like having it being just a real soft troll. Right. A soft troll is absolutely right. Just a real soft, soft troll. Because if, uh, if we get to, uh, like, have you spent any time on like Drudge or Populist Press or whatever? Uh, those aggregator sites? No, I haven't really. Well, it's a similar thing to what we're doing. Like, it's just. All the sensationalized headlines just all in a row. Okay. And it's just completely overwhelming to see them all in one place. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Drudge Report? Yeah. Drudge was the guy that, um, that had the scoop on the Monica Lewinsky thing. Oh, okay. He's an OG. That's the, that's the website that uh, posted it. Okay. But since then, there's been other Drudge-type figures popping up. Yeah, the my experience in the early parts of the uh, of the pandemic really revealed to me that there's no such thing as local news. So all the local broadcasts were just telling me Toronto things. Well, yeah, exactly. Narratives written in Toronto. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, guys. I'm writing a punk album, so I need I need a, a stream of political I need the political grind set <laughs> to be in the background so I can rage against it. Right. God save the queen. Oh yeah. All that kind of shit. I guess that's interesting. So you're now when you say punk you mean like something that's consciously political in its messaging or Yeah, I guess so. Because Punk was just marketed, or it was just assembled um, by marketing teams. Right. Like as a controlled opposition kind of thing? Yeah, the anti-establishment. Right. To the waning um, jazz and singer-songwriter eras. And there was no way 
as far as I can see that those kind of, uh, I guess, non-black American music styles had any mm. chance of catching up with, like, disco and funk. Because, right. like, if you listen to funk from the late 70s, it's like you're listening to future music. Mm. It's, like, 10-minute songs with, like, 15 movements in them. <laughs> Everybody's, like, just 30 musicians. Right, right. Have you heard Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, yeah. That band is insane. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That was virtuoso shit. So, you declare that disco is dead. Right. Put a bunch of uh, models and actors with uh, instruments. Give them an, an anti-establishment message. Make them spit on each other at concerts and call it the new hot thing. Mm. Right, because... Because funk actually had the the real stuff of real human <laughs> humanity in it. Yeah, well, I can understand it. It was completely not marketable at all. Right, right. It wasn't going to appeal to the middle of America. No, certainly not. Maybe I'm delusional, but I kind of feel like we're in a world where that thing is actually possible. Having more than one mainstream. Huh. Well, let's see why not. It's just... Oh. Hmm. Or is it just a widening of the same stream? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work when Asia comes online with America. <laughs> when the Chinese are so... What did you say? They're storming the beaches? Yeah. And the gits are just going to down tools. And work with them? Yeah. They will. Not good, folks. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I look around, I see a lot of gits. I say, wow, that's a lot of gits. It's incredible. I'm glad I traveled when I did, because mm. so many places I traveled to, I'm not sure if it'll be uh, worth traveling to for at least 10 years. Right. Oh, I can imagine some of those places would be insufferable. Yeah, like Los Angeles was barely, oh, God. barely um, agreeable. <laughs> Where was that video of those cops like accosting that little kid for not wearing a mask in the burger joint? Oh yeah, I'm not sure where that was. It was in Europe though, I think. Oh, was it? Put on your fucking mask, he yells in the guy's face. Yeah. I need just, I think I'm going to make my ringtone just Tate yelling slave mindset. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> anybody says anything like that, like, hey, have you listened to, have you seen this on Disney Plus? Slave mindset! <laughs> the story of him knocking out his friend is so great. Oh, That's the type of thing that would never be discussed on any of those comedy podcasts. No. Just like actual, like masculine philosophy true and like why that was the only option in that situation yeah and you know when i was younger and ran across tate i i couldn't stomach him but hearing him i was like nah this the world actually needs more of this yeah like i don't think he's a great like prophet or anything no, or that he's saying anything amazing but he, I, that's just it. So, just like in the same way that Tim Dillon is, just his honesty is so much more funny than any of these right. fa like phony um, establishment people with their writing teams could conjure. Exactly. 
Exactly because it's because it's exactly right. It's so honest. And yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't build him into some fucking pariah, but he's just so himself. Both of those guys. You could not ask for anything from anybody other than that. And you'd never get it. Yeah, certainly from a, a public figure. No. Like, I was thinking about when Jim Dillon said on the podcast, like, he wanted, like, a multi-million dollar deal from Spotify. And then in the same breath, just started calling the CEO of Spotify a satanic pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> There has to be a world where you can just live a normal life and also, like, say those things. Right. Without needing a, uh, a microphone. Right. Because that's one thing that's kind of dystopic about this podcast, is we really, like, there was a need for us to legitimize the anti-establishment things we were talking about. <laughs> so the podcast was, like, the best vehicle for that. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's the whole point it's like it's it's become this culture of taking yourself way too seriously and then cherishing and being way too precious about anything you think right but at the same time being afraid to really say it's just like a culture of puckered assholes I find like nothing's getting in nothing's getting out yeah, I just want to, I just don't want to be the person who's just like radiating fear from over their mask mm. out of their eyes. All right. It seems to be like increasing just the I don't know if you're getting suffocated from wearing the mask or whatever, uh-huh. but it's just like the eyes are bugging. Interesting. Oh, there is something to it, man. Like I don't know if you saw that last thing I sent you, but that person actually asked if they should keep their windows closed. Oh yeah, because yeah. Because Omicron is Oh, fuck. Pardon my ignorance, but should I keep my windows closed? Oh, that's not going to help at this point. It, it doesn't make any sense. There's a whole lot of illiterate people. <laughs> One thing that changed when we were on this run from September to now, right. consistently doing it, is I realized that I, I don't want any like patronage from any normies. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what it takes to court the the Andrew Tates of the world. I'll entertain them because for sure they're actually entertaining people. Cobra. All right, you want the you want the, the real G's, the big G's. I'm gonna be the big G. The other strange part about that thing was like how. The woman on the show could not contain her fucking wetness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very clear. She'd be like, oh, but when I met Tom, he was just such a capable guy who could handle himself. Just, like, had to stick that in there. Yeah. Yeah, it really sticks out when there's not somebody who's, uh, who's simping. Mm. And the woman is just going right. off on whatever emotion-led tirade they're, they're <laughs> on about. You really see the difference between like actual purpose and uh, right. and direction, yeah, and uh, basically just masturbation. That's, that's truly it. 
But yeah, there's a reason that Tate went on that podcast, not others, because they they do lots of shit that's a uh, that no other podcast would. Right. Like they show some pretty wild videos and shit, don't they? Yeah. I guess it's part of my long-term mission to be to be financially set enough to be able to just completely not that I want to speak my mind to the world but just I could if I want if I had to right yeah well that's what everybody wants yeah but most people think that you get there by like slowly just being agreeable to everybody around you (laughs) it's true being the person who like I don't know there there's a whole world between being an enabler and being a, a wet blanket. And people mm. don't seem to have any kind of nuance to their personalities anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. So much of the enabling and just like a lot like permissiveness that I've adopted on the other podcast is just like the, the mooncast has to be the antidote to that. Right. Where it's like actually saying, you know what, that's actually fucking wrong and stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the Mooncast helps me because my job, like I don't spend any time thinking about this stuff while I'm at work, mm. but it's always there. It's like, certainly it's impacted my job, some of the decisions that the government makes and stuff like that. Right, right. Some of the pop culture stuff, certainly all the people I work with are tapped into that for whatever reason. So to be able to, like, just unload all that stuff and then be right about it is very good. I always assume that what you witnessed at your job for 10 years informed all of these beliefs that you had. No, no, not really. Hmm. I, haven't, I haven't really addressed any of that stuff publicly. Okay. <laughs> Some of the things... I don't know how I'm gonna <laughs> communicate everything I learned about like women, oh god, um, and people in general, <laughs> and a certain kind of man as well. Right, right. I don't know. It'd be good if, if you find a way. Yeah. Well, I actually don't think it'll be good. Well, no, it won't be good. I, it, like, it's good for me because I'm not going to have a shitty relationship ever in my life. True, true. You can you can pick them a little better than most. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the people around me aren't going to have shitty relationships. So. Right, right. I've created the toolkit mainly of things that... Or, I guess, instincts of things to say that may or may not trigger people. And, uh, right... I try to get all those things out as soon as possible if I'm ever going to spend any length of time with somebody. I think that's right. But usually I don't have to because they're ready and willing to tell me all their beliefs. That is true. You really don't have to... I find you don't have to say much to a person these days for them to just overindulge you. Or I guess overindulge themselves in talking about themselves. Yeah, they'll really lock in with you. Very easily. Yeah. It's, like, some of it is interesting. Like, I don't mind 
hearing a story about a person, but it's like get to the fucking moral and make this a conversation at some point here, buddy. Yeah, a lot of it is just uh, people based. And that only gets you so far. There's only so many kinds of people. Well, yeah. And the, <laughs> the people who want, about, want to talk about people usually are the type of people who only know a few kinds of people. And they're not interesting at all. Like, I don't know how many stories I need to hear about fucking guys. <laughs> this fucking guy. That's why it's nice to have friendships and relationships that, that, are, that are long, like, time-wise, so that you can have shared experiences to talk about. Right. Like, on the cookouts, how many times do we just laugh about shit from 10 years? Like, not in a pathetic way, but just like, we did that, and we were all there, and we've grown past that. But we yeah. Can, we can talk about it. I don't know, I find that... At least it's like it's 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 collaborative in some way. Yeah. It's not someone just dumping about their fucking job. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. For those things like close relationships and family and all that, I try not to evaluate it in any way because mm. there's nothing you can do about it. That's interesting. And memories are great and all that stuff, but I don't put it above my personal experience. Mm. It's just a lubricant for social situations. Right, right. Which but, there, yeah. Yeah, and as I said, like the mooncast and all this referential stuff, all the taking in of mm. information in this era, it's all to just whittle it down to 1% of my output. <laughs> Whatever that means. Right. Like a distillation? Or like finding, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Limiting it to 1% of your output. Yeah. And the other 99% is personal? Like internal? Yeah, yeah. or original or novel. Right, right, right. That's pretty good. Idiosyncratic. 99 to 1. That would be ideal. Do you want to go keep going this way now? Yeah, sure. sure. Right on, right on. Just get lost in the vortex again. Yeah. I know where you're coming from, though. Like, community is something that's important. Especially the physical interactions of community. Right. I'm just not so sure that the millennials have figured it out. <laughs> like, standing around and joking about times you got drunk is mm. good and fine, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the equivalents from other generations and... Mm. Not exactly. But yeah. I'm not exactly living up to it on the path to building a great society. No, I suppose not. <laughs> Although did would you say the boomers did? Probably I mean, not really. They no, their parents did. Yeah, their parents did, that's right. Yeah, that's the worst part. People have been calling our generation the new greatest generation. <laughs> no. We'll have to see what kind of conflict we get. Absolutely. We really not. feel like we're in a state of uh, arrested development and we don't exactly know what our purpose is. 100%. It certainly hasn't been presented to us. I would say by any metric, we're nothing close to great. Yeah, for some reason, the millennials are just nothing. 
what has what has the millennial generation given the world that might last? I have no idea. Like Facebook, but even that came from the government. So that's <laughs> that's probably boomers too. Uh, the internet itself is boomers. No, I think whoever said that is wrong, or that's some kind of propaganda. <laughs> That the internet is boomers? No, that the millennials are the new greatest generation. Oh, right. We're the, we're the worst. It's true. <laughs> well, like, you've seen those metrics where it's like percentage of people of this age still living at home, still making like dog shit yearly amount of money or whatever. Yeah. Unmarried. I wonder how similar that is, though, to people in the middle of the Great Depression. How many of them are stacked on top of each other? Right. Not knowing what their future prospects were, and then war justified the increasing of production across the world. Yeah, that's true. I guess in our lifetime, it's been a, it's been pinballing between economic prosperity and recession. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fairly clear to me that clear to me that uh, World War III started a long fucking time ago. Right. And all these uh, conflicts and uh, all the saber rattling around the world are just kind of distractions from yes. a network of uh, very important shifts. I think that's right. I, just find, I find it so funny how, for example, Don Cherry was treated <laughs> when you talk about the veterans and stuff. Right. And like, sure, you can have an opinion about conservatives being warmongers or whatever. Right. But you do have to consider like the context of somebody dying in a war. Right. It's still probably the most profound thing a, a human can experience. Mm. Right. Given that it touches on um, politics, global economics. Culture, multiple cultures around the world. Right, it touches it all. Plus, the most like deeply existential human fear. Yeah, and you consider like how many Canadians, for example, like are volunteering for that, and like what the cause is that they're fighting for. Right. You think hard enough about it, and that you understand why Don Cherry would be on CBC crying. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess the the reflex is to cringe at an old man crying and assume he's racist. <laughs> well, they immediately ha- look for a way to tie it to something else to get him out of there. Yep. And I guarantee you there's some fucking young-ish, woke-type cringers at the top of CBC who, are, you know... We don't realize that the only reason they have a job is because Don <laughs> Cherry was making too much money and they wanted to cut costs when they could. He was old enough to justify it. Right. And Ron McLean is old enough to get maybe 5% and that would only be for a short term. <laughs> they tried to get Ron McLean when was that this summer? 